0: Trigger warning, due to the sensitive nature of today's episode, viewer discretion is advised. If you or anyone you know is contemplating suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Again, that's 800-273-8255. Yo, what's good with you? It's Nia Queen. I just realized i didn't introduce myself in the last episode but it's the queen y'all know who it is just you know this is my thing you know what i'm saying um but we're back for another episode and i got some very important young men next to me i mean you know everybody know we know chef beans you know that's my guy my guy the you know uh the director of the sold out plays mm-hmm. for Four, four and for he's, four. And he's going nationwide with Four for guys. four, no Wendy's, though. Four for four, <laughs> no <laughs> windies though. Uh, we got Beans, and we also have Terrence Stewart, who is a therapist. He has over 10 years of experience, and he's certified in CBT for depression, anxiety, and trauma. And I actually found him through Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he's also a... ASW or a associate clinical social worker just like me. So Yeah. 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 He got a lot
1: more experience than me, but yeah. You you have experience as well too. Just yeah, yeah, the time is yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm 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 glad that you're here. And I love the different talks that you have on your page just about different things. Mm -hmm. And um, before I get into the topic, I wanted to ask How was your week?
1: My week, um, it was pretty solid. I ain't going to lie. It was pretty solid. A lot of different things I was building up from this month. Um, Just putting some stuff together, most definitely. uh, Been very productive. It's been good. It's been good.
0: Great. Are you from... you from... From Palmdale. Palmdale, yeah. okay. I was about to say you're from LA, but see we had this conversation. So <laughs> yeah, you right gotta right. let the people know, like yeah. you're from California. Yeah absolutely. Right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um so can I ask what made you want to get in the in in therapy or um in that line of work? What made you wanna do that?
1: Yeah. Um I actually initially didn't wanna do it. Uh, <laughs> okay. I ain't gonna lie. Um because my introduction to therapy um was you know, coming from a standpoint of people who were previously incarcerated and people who are in the juvenile, um, juvenile detention centers, so it wasn't necessarily when I saw therapy at that at that capacity, I didn't really want to do it, and it didn't really seem too effective. So um, once I started really learning what therapy actually is and like what I can actually do for um, with my you know my background education, I was like, yeah, like this is something with mental health specifically with therapy or something I was like, yeah, this is something I want to want to get into. And especially um, me being a black male, there's a huge need. Yeah, that was one of the biggest things was like, you know, uh, somebody that was actually a, a black male. And I, I looked up to him. He was the one that got me to go back to school. Um, because, again, after you guys, <laughs> you've done your undergrad, it's kind of like. I don't want to go back to school for anything right? Because right? yeah, yeah. it's already kind of exhausting. But he really pushed me to go back to school, and I'm glad he did. Um, so ever since then, um, just really tapping into like the uh, the mental health space uh, first working first working in schools, and then working with adults, um, people who are on probation, parole. Um, but I really started just flourishing when I started noticing how mental health is just so essential, um, just to, right. for people. Period. Amen. And um, you know, mental health being an actual part of our healthcare. You know what I mean? It's not just, you know, um, this taboo thing, like it's actually like a real thing. So, so yeah, that's kind of how, like I, I saw the need, but also, you know, just with my, my credentials and stuff, I find myself like just kind of falling into it.
0: Right. And, and that representation, it, it really makes a difference Mm -hmm. with the young black kids. Like, I mean, I work with kids, um, but it's like, Their whole attitude changes when they know that I'm their therapist. Mm -hmm. Like they feel like, oh. I can, like, be yeah. real with you. Right. You know, they'll, they'll even tell me, like, oh, I had this other lady before, but she didn't really understand. Like, she mm-hmm. thought my mom was beating me, when really my mom just say, you know, because we're black, we know, like, I'm going yeah. to hurt you, but They're not really going to hurt you, right. for real. <laughs> well, sometimes maybe, sometimes. But, right. <laughs> but we know it's just an empty threat. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. We know it's an empty threat, yeah. so it's just that cultural knowledge is important to have mm-hmm. because you can't approach Everybody the same
2: Right And that's why your cards Are so important Which we are gonna talk about Because (laughs) it's showing Representation Right Of what we actually look like There's a lot of books That we came up in That we never saw nobody That looked like us Right So we didn't necessarily Connect to it
0: Right And we also Associated therapy With white people Growing up Like oh only white people Go to therapy Like Mm -hmm. black people Don't do that
2: White people Or is something wrong With you just pray about it Just go to church I, I think that's what I heard The most like Coming up Because we spoke about A little bit earlier How sometimes As a black man I was taught to respond To things physically Mm -hmm. Fight it out Or whatever Mm -hmm. like that As opposed to This is actually how I feel Mm -hmm. If I do get into the realm Of something Maybe going on internally Just just go pray about it Go to church And different things As opposed to Being specific With dismantling These knots of emotions That may have sprouted Inside you Yeah Yeah.
1: Most definitely Most definitely And I think you know when somebody does see you near like you know especially if it's a child you know a child you know especially being a black woman they'll see like that familiar face you know right, so it, yeah. it, it eases it kind of breaks down that barrier and eases the tension you know right, what i mean because exactly. you know going to therapy mental health is very intimidating you know what i mean so as you're saying there's a lot of stigma around it and everything like that so just seeing somebody who looks like you right. you know there's a lot of a uh, lot of doors and stuff that can open up when there is uh, people in those spaces
0: yeah and it, it's it's a lot Well I wouldn't say it's a lot It's a good amount of Black female therapists But it's even mm-hmm. smaller amount For black male oh, therapists yeah. So I love Absolutely. when I see that I'm like Oh yeah let me talk <laughs> to you brother Like <laughs> I want to talk about this Because this is yeah. like It's so hard to find Literally I've been at my job for almost Three years mm-hmm. And this year Is the first time I've seen A black male therapist Like mm-hmm. in my department
2: Yeah you, Because you know what I was Like thinking about Listening to both of y'all Me and um therapists It's this is just my own understanding or interpretation. As a black man, I feel as though we're taught to go like this when it comes to a lot of people's problems. Just focus on mm-hmm. your problems. When it comes to other people, just shut them out. Mm-hmm. And as a therapist, mm-hmm. when you're dismantling or telling someone, I'm going to share space with you so that we can figure this out for you. I think to a lot of like black men in their mind, they're like, why would I sign up to take on someone else's weight when I already got the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I and I think and I commend anybody in that space because I also know the weight that comes with just operating in your skin. Right. Yeah. Most yeah. Definitely. Both male and and female. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just I feel like emotionally women have more space to be emotional as opposed mm-hmm. to a lot of black men who are taught to you don't have emotions.
1: Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's, the funny thing is, um, I was having a conversation with somebody about it. But like, I started noticing after we talked about it, was like, men, like we when we talk to each other, we usually like side by side. You know, I mean, rarely like do we like ever be face to face with each other talking to somebody. Wow. You're right so, like, about that. So like for example, like if we're all hanging out, we're not gonna you know, usually like me and you talking, like we're probably gonna be right next to each other.
2: Like, right next to each other but looking at something but right. we're talking like this.
1: Exactly. And it's very uncomfortable too, like if you're you know especially if you're face to face with somebody and like have eye contact. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because there is a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of different things that go on in our in our psyche especially as black men i'll I'll say specifically as um black men in l a you know what I mean because we have this whole like mentality of like somebody that looks like us is our rival you know what I mean or somebody mm. or somebody that looks like us isn't necessarily our um our friend automatically you know what i mean like we we don't have that capacity yet to see somebody as a friend before a foe you know what I mean mm.
2: Yes. and I think with eye contact and everything that you Say saying I'm going to cut you off no, you're good. but when it comes to eye contact and men standing that way I think there's a level of intimacy that comes with there eye contact yeah, and with intimacy you're thinking why is this man trying to get close to me you trying to attack me and you automatically go into defensive mode yeah. so I think standing like this is more non-threatening if we're standing face to face it has to be some type of business interaction yeah. why are we standing face to face for leisure and then that's yeah. when you get into What you like gay or something yeah, it gets deep.
0: I did not know that y'all do that yeah. Y'all don't P. 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 look next at time, each yeah. other yeah, just the-
2: Next time you're in a social setting Just peep like how men are talking to each other Versus a dude trying to holler at a chick He trying to holler at a chick He, a chick, he trying to show her like yo like,
0: He right. trying to be, like be Looking at her there. in the eye But when it's
2: dudes and y'all usually drinks in this and whatever It's kind of oh yeah word, yeah. Oh yeah cool yeah, yeah. And then probably like focus on something else mm-hmm. Wow
0: Wow, I'm learning every day. I love this show because I just be learning. I had no idea about this. But I didn't even ask Beans, how was your week? You did. We, you <laughs> did. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I was just kind of like. Yeah, we got into a good conversation, so I, I kind of forgot. But, yeah, how was your week,
2: my week is, Chef Beans? It's funny that you asked that because a lot of things happened. So I got a roommate who moved out, and as I was able to put the aesthetics of the apartment the way that I wanted to, I, I noticed how much it impacted my mental health. Because your crib should be your sanctuary. It should be somewhere where you're able to come to in a very free-flowing way. And I didn't realize how much pets or certain things like that impacted that. So I'm happy at the elevation that I've noticed in that regard. But also um, a lot of opportunities have been coming my way from screenwriting to, oh, would this play look like if you had this type of financial backing? A bunch of different things, manifestations, manifesting. So it's been interesting but at the same time I'm not surprised because I've been putting the work in. Mm-hmm. And it's like this is a result of the work that I put in that a lot of people didn't actually see. Regardless to them catching on now, it's like no, like I'm no I'm no stranger to these things that's about to happen because they already existed in my mind. Right. Y'all just starting to see them, but all these things already existed in my mind years ago. So welcome to the party. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm I'm glad. I'm proud of you as well. Likewise. Uh Absolutely. the play was amazing. And just the cast like each cast each cast members had their own unique little flair and I appreciated how they brought that into their monologue. Um it's like they made it their own. Like yes. it it made me believe like oh these people are really going through this. Yes. Like it, I didn't think that these were actors. I thought these were people just telling their life story
2: and You know I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up Because I know this is going to be a great segue To what we're talking about When it comes to transparency And people operating these different monologues It is people getting to know themselves And their truth And what that could look like In a very transparent way Because we all Usually introduce Strangers as a whole Like we don't really Know ourselves But maybe if you have Something that I can relate to We'll operate off Of that relatability Mm -hmm. As opposed to Us putting all our Baggage on the table Mm -hmm. But there are thoughts That people have That they don't share With anyone There's a lot of Different things They don't know how much That plaque is building up That sometimes Leads to people Demise So me with transparency If I can create Something that helps People take steps Closer to really Getting to know Themselves So that can put Them more at peace But also keep communicate that then that's the therapy and healing that comes with that Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people who sometimes we don't catch in time because they don't catch themselves in time
0: yeah wow that's a great segue to the topic that we're talking about today and i think it was sparked by something that i saw on instagram that the rates of suicide were rising amongst black men and when i did more research into it it was saying that the suicide death rate amongst black youth is increasing as well mm. and more than any other ethnic or racial group that that was like mm. it it kind of broke my heart a little bit because i'm thinking like why are our babies like doing this like what's going on like what do what do we need to do to um Help them. And one of the statistics I got, and it said, black youth under thirteen years old are twice as likely to die by suicide compared to their white peers, and self-reported suicide attempts increased by seventy-three percent for black adolescents over the last twenty-five years. I was just like, dang! Like thinking back to my childhood, right? I I knew, I think I kind of knew what suicide was, but I didn't really see it as an option for me you know it it was never like oh if if I feel this way I'm gonna kill myself like that never really crossed my head ever and I mean maybe because I wasn't depressed or in that type of state but even if I was depressed that wasn't something that I guess was in my face so I never really thought about it um I wanted to ask you guys like how did you guys even know or find out what suicide was
1: yeah I think for me um suicide was just one of those things that you don't do mm-hmm. uh just based on like um how i grew up as in a christian household um i always kind of pondered over i had a friend uh like i think i was around like 4 or 5 years old and uh he had shot himself Um, mm. and it was crazy cuz i was like the first thing i've actually even noticed about like you know somebody dying that was close to me um a funeral, what that looked like and everything. So that was just like I remember just that being a segue into just a whole bunch of different things. But I always kinda of pondered like, you know, like did was he playing with a gun and he shot himself? Or did he kill himself? Or like what you know, what, what what's happened? the story behind yeah. that? Because nobody really knows. Um so that was kind of like my introduction. So when I thought about somebody killing themselves, I just thought about I always thought about him and like, you know, him shooting himself in the head. Um that was just kind of just the whole graphic and again I I wasn't there to witness it but every time like I think about it I just think about myself in the front yard and then just this whole bang in front of in front of his house mm. And I don't know how I made that story up in my head but that's kind of like how I'm like over the years I kind of how healed, you process like, yeah, it how I process yeah. it because I remember a bunch of different things um, but I just remember just this whole big pop in front of my um, in front of my yard but um that's that was kind of like my, that was my introduction to like what suicide is and then afterwards it was like, okay, you know, um, growing up in a Christian household it was like, you know, don't kill yourself because if you kill yourself you can go to hell. You know what mm. I mean? So like, that was always a thing and like, uh, like time we heard about somebody killing themselves or suicide, the, the automatic thought for us growing up was like, you know, that person went to hell. Mm. You know what I mean? So right. that, that was kind of um, what, what my introduction to suicide
2: was. Um, my introduction to suicide, I feel like I've always been like a artsy storytelling type kid. So on one introduction it was through movies and it was always labeled as that's white people shit. Like there right. was a lot of things that was just put into therapy, white people shit, is something wrong with you. Suicide, white people shit. That's what the conversation was. But I think then on top of that, seeing people addicted to drugs or alcohol I think creatively As a youth I also deemed that As suicide Because you've kind of Killed your direction Of life Where you could go I looked at people As zombies In that regard Kind of like They're not alive to me So I think like Artistically That's just where My brain went But I guess In the realistic Or in the reality I always deemed Stuff like that As white people Shit How People, white people put raisins in their potato salad whatever mm-hmm. people say mm-hmm. yeah. there were so many di- different things that I was taught to just put in this big barrel of white people shit but mm-hmm. us no we're we're strong we're figured out we see the people around us figuring out so regardless to the weight that you may feel on you even if that is depression even if that is I don't know which direction to go mm-hmm. you're taught to figure it out you'll mm-hmm. find ways to figure it out if you don't figure it out pray about it mm-hmm. the bible will have the answers for you that was the, the, the stories that revolved around These thoughts that I wasn't necessarily Taught to express mm. Just had to f-
0: figure it out Right So would you say like You were at a young age When you fi- when you saw what suicide was Like in movies and stuff were Movies you, ki- you were a yeah, kid not, there, was
2: never, there was never a filter on my youth When it came to what I was exposed to mm. never, Like I think some people have a filter So when they do have those aha moments I could tell you the first time I've seen Players Club as a kid Or certain things Like right. ass shaking And all that I was It was no filter Even when they said This grown people business Right I was never too far From lit, ear, ear hustling from Right Exactly grown people. So I knew everybody's business I knew all these different things Or sometimes Them not having no filter Where there's a kid in the car And you just hearing people argue Right It's kind of okay this is my reality regardless of my age. But like I said, seeing certain movies of people doing things that lead to their demise, it was usually that's white people's shit or that's just what a white people shit or something crazy happening like the Temptation movie. Um, One of the singers who shot himself at the end of that. It was like at that point, You've already been taken advantage of in the music industry. You're you're addicted to the bottle. Your mm-hmm. wife is probably about to leave you. Things that lead to that demise. Not mm. I'm being bullied, and emotionally, I just can't handle this. It's right. usually things that led up to that. So if it wasn't white people shit, all these different things happen to you mm-hmm. to pull in your glove compartment to pull out a gun to bang it out. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to what you're saying as well too because a lot of times is suicide isn't suicide attempts always doesn't have to be or isn't doesn't always look like you know you're automatically trying to kill yourself like you're trying to end yourself on a specific day a certain time you know when you plan it out sometimes it's self-destructive behavior right so mm. it can look like okay I'm not gonna care about my health like whatever happens happens you know what I mean so um, you talk mm. like talking about like you're drinking you talk about like you know, overeating and stuff like that, or just not really caring about yourself, you know, the self-harming or, you know, those self-destruct behaviors, like whatever it is, it doesn't have to be, you know, we talk about, when I think about just suicide ideations, it's not, for me, I always think about, it's not, you know, okay, I'm gonna get a gun, gun I'm gonna hang myself or anything like that. It can look like I'm just gonna slowly deteriorate. Right. You know what I mean? So it
0: doesn't always have to be um, a, as we kind of see what it like is. Like abrupt,
2: right. like boom, it's about to happen there. <clears throat> right.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, I, I feel like that's the difference. Like in the black community, we, we see, you know, uh, a drug addict or an alcoholic. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people might be like, Oh, they, they lost, you know, they a lost cause. It's no hope, but nobody's thinking like, dang, maybe they're depressed. Maybe mm-hmm. they're dealing with some trauma. Maybe mm-hmm. they're, I mean, Therapists, we think about that But yeah. the general population is thinking like Oh he's a bum Like right. he's all in the corner drinking beer Or drinking whatever Like I'm not going to give him no money But me I'm thinking like Dang What were the things that led up to this self-destructive behavior yeah. And a lot of times We need to look out for those signs Of those self-destructive behavior Because you know We, we could help people If we're able to recognize the signs um, But yeah. to another point Beans you said I didn't have a filter growing up on what I was exposed to. And we have two completely different childhood experiences because my childhood, everything was restricted. Like, I couldn't watch rated R movies. My dad had locks on the internet, on the TV, like, everything. It was like he had to monitor everything that I was exposed to. And I always would tell him when I got older, I'm like, Dad, you were too strict. You were too this. But then, now that I'm looking today, I'm like... (laughs) My dad might have been on to something because it it
2: it impacts your youth. Right. I, I read it, some article where. Someone was um talking about how we sometimes scrutinize people who had healthy upbringings. Mm-hmm. Healthy upbringings as far as I wasn't supposed to watch this, I had to be in by this time, to the people I was able to do whatever I want. I started drinking at at this right, age, all these exactly. different things. So I think that's something I'm working on as well because sometimes I would create some type of banter as far as oh word I was watching this at that age, but it's like was it the healthiest thing for a six year old or seven year old to be watching players club, mm-hmm. watching uh Ebony get raped, or, or all these different things right, that, yeah. that was in there. Like, was that the healthiest certain conversations that I just wasn't, like, um, filtered from? Right. And back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as, as adulthood, it can be more about the things that we have to decide to unlearn mm-hmm. or what we choose to implement when it's time for us to transition into motherhood, or right. fatherhood, overall parenthood. There's things like that that I think about, but as far as that 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 filter... It it wasn't there Or I just found ways To hurdle the potential Filters But at that point I was already a monster (laughs) It was too late Y'all showed me too much Too far
1: gone I I, I often think about that too Like even I mean Like I grew up A certain I think I kind of grew up In between Like stuff was locked But I figured it out I figured out how to watch You know Mm -hmm. HBO late at night And like (laughs) You know what I mean I figured out the code I know what the the pen is Like Right But um, You know what I mean So it, It It I don't know, I feel like with the, the the exposure as like, you know, especially like young kids as we're kinda of getting into the conversation as well too, or the topic, um, it doesn't necessarily, you know, one one way isn't good, one way isn't bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, we still like if we're watching certain movies and stuff like that, there needs to be education around that. Right. Exactly. You know I mean? the a lot of times a lot of times we just like trying to sneak and watch these movies out of And no interpretation, have yeah. no information. And you, and you think and when you grow up you may subconsciously think a lot of that stuff is real.
0: Right You know what I mean Or that's how life is gonna be But yeah yeah, You need context You need education behind it Mm. And the reason why I brought up the filter thing Is because I strongly feel I don't know if this is like True and I don't have any Like evidence right now But just based off The clients that I see I strongly feel like Social media Has been a significant factor In the increase of like Suicide Oh absolutely Mm. Because the messaging The Mm. messaging Mm. that's told or like, oh, I'm 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 a sad girl. I'm a depressed girl. Like it's glorified in certain instances without that education. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're you're getting exposed to these things at a young age. Like I remember, <laughs> my three year old cousin looked at me, put my a code in my phone one time and and did it himself. Like when I wasn't looking, he grabbed my phone, put the code in, went on YouTube, blah blah blah. Like these kids know how to operate technology like way better than. Than I could ever do, you know? So think about by the time they're our age, they're gonna be doing whatever. But I'm saying all that to say is like, if you're not monitoring or filtering what these kids are seeing, they're gonna think, oh, this is the answer. Right. I feel this way. So the answer is suicide because that's what I saw on TikTok. That's what I saw on Instagram. Yeah. That's what I saw on this TV show. So, I mean, you guys can give your perspectives yeah. on do you think that social media is to blame? Uh, Or is there other factors?
2: I wouldn't necessarily say to blame. I would say it impacts it, though, because I think a lot of it is attached to ego and how these kids feel about themselves, Mm -hmm. which is the household. So on social media, I feel like we're at a a day and age where information is is more accessible than ever. Back in the day, if somebody wanted to get some information on a book, they had to go to the library, read the whole book just to get it. Now you can Google and it'll be paraphrased, broken down. So that's how accessible information is. But on top of that you have a, a bunch of people who's comparing themselves to what they think success looks like. You have your parents telling you success looks like going to school, four year degree, masters, doctoral You got on other lens you got a five year old on YouTube who making millions off of opening toys. So they're confused to which yeah. route should I go? It's that confusion aspect too. I'm also being taught not to express my emotions, but this is how I feel. I just feel like it's an amplification of a lot of different things and how they're being pulled in different directions. And they don't know which answer to go to right. because you can use the Internet to find whatever answer you want, the good or the bad. If you say I heard that going to sleep later makes you more depressed, you can find that. I hope I heard going to sleep later makes you less depressed. You can find a bunch of articles on that mm-hmm. So it's more so What
0: information like too much information
2: Too so much that, information yeah. And whatever your headspace is It'll give you exactly What you're looking for mm-hmm. We're not even gonna get into WebMD How that freaking <laughs> makes you feel like A paper cut Means your finger's gonna fall off Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's so much information So for them They're answer to a lot of it is maybe it'd be better if I was here. I don't, I don't, I haven't found ways to responding to this in a healthy way mm-hmm. And the relationship that has been developed in my household makes me feel like, okay, I have to answer this my own way. Right. In short. Most definitely.
1: Yeah. I that I a hundred percent agree with you. In addition to that, like just the exposure, you know what I mean? Like, um, the exposure to so many different things, like, you know, us being in the information age and just having access at the palm of our hands to anything, right? Yes. Right. literally anything, not something, everything and anything, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. So when when we're talking about, like, the increase of suicide rates, like, as um, as Chef Beans was saying, like, it's not um, always like you're in your own world. You have so many different worlds that you're exposed to. And what you start doing is you start comparing yourself. Yes. Right? And we have you know, this, this term called imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? Which yes. is when you you look at somebody else and you judge what you're going through based on them. You know what I mean? And, and there's not really con- any context of like you don't even probably know what that person's even going through. Right. right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like I know for me, I just, even my social media, I ain't going to lie, I just post the highlights. Just like anybody else. I'm yeah. not posting like the downfall. Right. You know what I mean? I might give you guys like a little insight on certain things, but I'm not posting Everything to be like, okay, this is so, like, my life is so glorious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But at the same time, this is, like, the age and the trend we're in. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we're not, everybody's not posting what it took to get to that point. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody's not posting the, the work that has to be done. Right. right. You know what I mean? People are posting the end product. Right. So what, how we internalize that is we see somebody in our own, we could be in our on our couch or on our bed, wherever it's at, look at our phone, see somebody doing something, and legit be like, Man, I should be doing that. Right. You know what I mean? And not knowing the whole context. What it took to get there. Yeah, the whole context behind that. Right. You know what I mean? So that's where we get imposter syndrome. That's where we seek in. And this is where we get the other perspective of I'm not good enough. Mm. Uh, This is where we get the thought of, you know, there's maybe somebody that is better than me. I'm worthless. You know what I mean? All these different things that... These are stories that we make up in our head. Right. You know what I mean? Just as we may make positive stories in our head, but automatically it's easier to make those negative stories up, right? Right. Because there's so much information around us to the point where we have to, like, legit have our own filter on certain things, right? And have to understand, like, everything on social media isn't real. Right. You know what I mean? Anybody can say anything about anything. Yeah, literally. And we can be receptive to it or not. You know what I mean? You can kind of pick and choose what you what you gravitate towards, but you know, if you see somebody posting, you know, I'm going to use the the stock market as if you see somebody posting their Robinhood, their uh, you know, this is a, I think a perfect example. People posting their Robinhood, and you say, oh, they made $1,000 in a day. It's like, "No, nah, I want to see what she was making the long term." like, ever since how you had ever since how how much you had Uh, Since the time you have that account Right Right. I mean it's not just about Okay I made a thousand dollars in a day Let me see what your long term is Right A lot of people's not going to post their long term Because they probably made a thousand dollars
2: But they've lost Freaking ten thousand so far Lost negative ten thousand
1: Overall in their life Yeah You know what I mean So it's not uh, um, That's one thing with social media You got to have that filter You have to And especially with kids now Like Kids don't
0: know that context Like we're able to do that Because we're older And we Well I would say MySpace was out when I was like around eighth grade or so, or something like that. But I wasn't on it; it wasn't at the at the tip of my fingers, right? You know. So now that I'm laptop, right? Now that I'm older, right? I'm able to understand, like, okay, not everything on social media is real. But think about somebody who's Mm ten or somebody who's thirteen, very impressionable, that that never lived a life without social media, and that's all that they see. Like, that's going to increase whether that's anxiety or depression is going to make them feel worse about themselves and make them feel like well why am i why am i why am i not doing that mm-hmm. so i think i mean i wouldn't say it's the only cause but i definitely feel like it is a major factor in yeah. in the increase in just depression and you know depression leads to the suicidal thoughts or the suicidal attempts um but Man, it's just it breaks my heart. I mean, it really yeah. breaks my heart to see these kids think that just them being themselves is not enough.
1: Yeah, that's the I think that's with the kids, adults, anybody like there even the social media again, like there's so many different flashes of different things. Like we have right. wheels, you know what right. I mean? Like somebody can post anything and it's just so many you can go through you can what you probably go through like a hundred wheels in like fifteen minutes. You know what I mean? If you're just scrolling, scrolling, yeah, scrolling, right. scrolling, yeah. and like think about how much information is embedded in those hundred reels in those fifteen minutes, yeah. and how you're gonna feel about yourself after you, after you watch it.
2: And, mm-hmm. and you know what else I was thinking about too? I think um, when it comes to joy and happiness, that feeling is unfamiliar to a lot of people. Mm. And they existed, the familiarity that they've gotten from depression or low vibrational thoughts, whatever you want to have it, when anything opposite of that happens, they kind of shun it away. Mm. Like, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. And they kind of go into that pit of misery that they've been forced to operate in. Mm. I, I try to go back to the root, like, what... What you were saying about a person Let's say doing whatever Panhandling on the side of the road Like how did they get there But you don't know What experiences that they may have had That they probably tried to express That probably was shunned away Or never taught to express right. So they are just operating Based off of the result of their own yeah. Depression or anxiety These words that are kind of buzzwords now And then on top of that Can, can I get something off my chest? Yeah Is this a safe space for me to get something <laughs> yeah. off my chest? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mental health Though is a great thing That is more of a trend And things now There is a lot of False prophets out there There's a lot of people Who don't have the information That actually sets someone up For success So you have People who are just What what I call The repost warriors Doing different mm-hmm. things like that But it's like Are you actually living that And applying right. it Then on top of that What's your source mm-hmm. Of information That you're operating in this So yeah. if a, An influencer says This is how you're supposed To respond and heal From a breakup Oh the best way to get over somebody is getting under somebody or different things like that and you're using that as your source and you're still in the same situation it's like this was your source or the best way to do response after this is doing these negative things Mm -hmm. that's your source so i I think that's another though it's very trending mental health that's beautiful but people got to do a better job at doing more research on their source of of rescue
1: Yeah. And that could be very dangerous. You know what I mean? Again, like, mental I don't think people realize, and I say this all the time, and I'm going to keep saying it, is that mental health is part of your health. Yes. Period. It's not this fallacy of, like, okay, like, um, outside of myself, or it's not, like, I'm, uh, it's it's not spiritual or anything. Like, it's part of, like, your mental health. Like, your mental health is part of your health. Health, Right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you have high blood pressure, you might be stressed. Right. right? It's It's all connected. Yeah. it's Yeah. It's all connected. So... You know, it's very and I, you know, I know there's different variations of people healing, which I'm not knocking. Just as I'm not knocking, like I know I was bringing up like religion and stuff like that. I'm not knocking like whatever works for people, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to be very, very careful about what you're saying and what you're advising people to do, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like for us, it's a liability if we, you know, say certain things, right? right? Yeah. But anybody else can go on there and say something and it'd be very, very harmful. You know what right. I mean? And, like. You know, and nobody has mm-hmm.
0: to hold them accountable so they can say whatever they right. want, whether it's based in research or just what they what right. they feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um another topic that I wanted to get into well a topic within a topic is just I wanna know if you guys think or have seen anything in the black community that's <laughs> harmful. Or that can contribute to, you know, an increase in suicide. Or what sh- I should probably say, like, what are things that you experience as a black man that can contribute to suicide?
2: Um, I I think that all factors in how people respond to others because people don't know how their words or t- different situations can impact somebody. For example, um. Let's say Is a chick Who calling A dude Broke ass You don't know What he's done To get to Whatever finances That he's at today And for you to tell him That that's not enough That could be Just enough for him To feel like Damn I'm not getting Love romantically I'm already not getting Love at my job My family doesn't Even rock with me All these different things Maybe I'm not enough or for a woman aspect, when people are talking about women, uh, whatever, look, at flat-ass butt or whatever. You don't know if she's been suffering with those different, like, how she perceives herself body her whole image, life, body yeah. image, body shaming, things like that. You know, So I think people just have to be mindful of the things that are better, just left unsaid regardless of how you feel. I think that's one aspect of it. But what we say all the time. Nah, growing up my family We hike on each other That's just how we show That's up.
0: exactly what I was going to say That's a part of our culture But is that Is that helpful Or is that harmful
2: And, 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 and it's, it's, it's give or take mm, So okay. on one And I can say I also come from that same Type of family But I also remember I a kid Some jokes not feeling like jokes to me Regardless if they were jokes Right You know what I mean And and developing that Okay so It's back to what we were talking about How we're we're taught to respond Sometimes physically Or somebody's verbally abusing you Verbally abuse them back Don't just let them say that about you Right And you kind of Taught that to Now back to adulthood Even if you're getting cursed out By a woman Now you can decide to walk away But if you Still operating in that same vibration Growing up eh, Bitch go ahead And and now it's just going Like back and forth So I, I think verbally is a a great place to identify how are we responding to each other? Or even getting sexually sometimes. Oh, her, her her box was mad loose or he got a little, little, just different things like that. You really don't know what's something that can just tip a person off the edge. edge.
0: Oh, she got all these
2: bodies or, or whatever. It's it's so many different things just verbally. Right. That can just tip a person off. But I, what'd you think?
1: Yeah. Well, think about this. Um, if you have a talent show, right, and it's all black, uh, all black audience, right, mm-hmm. and the people's up there singing. Okay. If the person can't sing, what do we do?
0: We we'll point it out. Yeah, we boo- laugh or we boo them. Right. Yeah. All right. So so
2: we're like, Ooh.
0: <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> if the Apollo, the little clown, come exactly. out and sweep them Apollo, off the floor. Perfect yeah. example. Yeah. yeah. Now,
1: if that person can't perform, what do we do?
2: We cheer. We cheer, We
1: right? scream, yeah. Exactly. So, I when you're saying that, I think about sometimes us being in the position of booing people more when they actually probably need to be cheered and encouraged. Mm. You know what I mean? Because there's many times in the black community specifically where we lack the support or understanding of how to support somebody. Right. You know what I mean? We're very, we're very critiqued. Like like we critique people the most. I think just within yeah, our culture, like do. with our food, our music, everything. You know what I mean? Like somebody can't cook at Thanksgiving, what you doing? You Talking smack. Who right. made this? I mean, who made exactly? Who made this, <laughs> dry, who made this <laughs> dry turkey? Made, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> right. What? And the same that same mentality goes into um when we talk about somebody not being well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody needs help. You know what I mean? Oh no, it's that person's crazy or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Some people I even talk to black folks and I know I don't get like too uh clinical, but people still think fifty one fifty is a diagnosis. You know what I mean? Fifty one fifty isn't a diagnosis. It's it's um, something that uh, is a law that's put into place to be put on a psychiatric hold. Like there isn't like a treatment plan or anything to fifty one fifty.
2: What is fifty one fifty?
1: Fifty one fifty is a um, it's a code for a hold. So like if you're feeling like harm yourself, others, okay, suicidal, then you're placed on the fifty one fifty hold. Okay, so yeah. that's the that's the hold that's initiated to um you know, for somebody to be hospitalized for uh, at least seven, two hours. Okay. So, like, you know, if, if somebody is feeling, I know it's kind of segues into what we're talking about, suicide, suicidal uh, ideations, um, you know, that's kind of like the intervention. That's like the, the intervention. Okay, you need some help. You need to get stabilized. So you're going to a hospital for um, seven, two hours. So it's not like a diagnosis, like PTSD, anxiety, and things like that. But, you know, I was saying that, in the context of like, we still don't understand like what mental health is, right? I mean, right. So like we're, but we're so quick to judge and critique it, right? You know what I mean? Which is kind of ironic in my in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I would say what I experience like just working with black families is just the minimizing everything, and I'm mm. just like, are y'all for real? Like, let, like let's be real. It's children out here wanting to die today. Mm. Not thinking about what's going to happen after and blah, blah, blah. But I, I see a thing like in black families. It's like you got a roof over your head. You got brand new clothes. Mm-hmm. What you got to be sad about? Yep. You don't right. even have to work. All you got to do is go to school mm-hmm. and come home and do your chores. What you got to be sad about? You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? And it's just like.
2: Which I, is projections mm, from the parents. That's exactly.
0: Yeah. Like it really frustrates me because it's just like. Oh, they just doing this for attention. They they'll yeah. say something like that. Right. They're just doing it for attention and I'm thinking like your kid could have been gone. Yeah. Could no, and no, still can. Right. Still can yeah. be gone. Like what what is it going to take for you to wake up? Like this is serious. And it, it it really makes me mad sometimes because I'm like we have to unlearn some of those things. Like I get how you know, back in the day, we needed to be strong and maybe even today still we need to be strong. But there's certain times that we need to love on our children.
2: And, and you know, I'm, I'm happy that you I'm happy that you said that because something that I'm also embracing now, strength and softness. Mm-hmm. There's strength in softness. We're taught that soft is weak. Right. So. It, an opportunity to be soft with your child If they are expressing something Take that opportunity Because I think it's just Perceived different Some parents just want to look so strong Or minimize this Because this isn't on the same level As far as me trying to figure out How to pay the card note like Right Yeah they
0: minimize right. Yeah just like it's that It's like
2: instantly like minimize it But I think as parents People have to do a better job At identifying when something mm-hmm. Should 100% be present As opposed to I don't think anything should be dismissed Let me just leave with that Because yeah. I feel like every, they're, Everything's connected Acting out in school Is a representation of Probably not getting in, attention at home Right So like just like I, Identifying all of that But yeah it's just It's interesting It's yeah. interesting But also like sad that We're at a place where certain things Just aren't taking ser- Taken serious right. yeah, And I think that's what's impacting these numbers
1: yeah and i i mean honestly like as you're talking i'm kind of thinking as well too like it's it's really hard to like blame anybody for like suicide right right like, i know yeah. like even just being a black parent and just just think about the black family in america's particular specifically like we don't have that structure you know what right. i mean like our family structure has already 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 been broken And that could just come from, like, generations of, like, you know, slavery. Yeah, absolutely. You know, dismantling of uh, the the black home. But it, you know, I think when we know better, we'll do better. You know what I mean? I just think right now we're in a space right now where, you know, a lot of black families are just trying to survive, right? Right. So the thought is, like, your feelings don't pay the bills. You know what I mean? Like, you have stuff, you have these things in front of you, so, like, you know, why are you complaining? So, like, you know, from the standpoint of the parent, that can be the, the thought, right? But if we talking about like, you know, you actually loving your child, you know, what I mean, you actually wanting it better for your child, then this is where we have to have a conversation as, you know, as a parent of what would you like your what would you like your son, daughter to be? You know what I mean? Right. Like what what type of lifestyle do you want them to have? Do you want them to be a person who always feels like they need to shut themselves out? You know what I mean? Or, or are you going to model that it's okay for them to talk? Right. You know what I mean? Because a lot of, you know, when we talk about even going to therapy, um, I would say 95% of the time um, there's some stem of some childhood something. Right. Like, some childhood t- yeah. uh, trauma, um, not being able to communicate. So a lot of times as adults when we get older, we don't know how to communicate our feelings or our emotions because, you know, in the household we wasn't taught how to do that. Right? right. You know what I mean? So like the even just talking about going to – Therapy or mental health. Sometimes we don't even know how to do that because we weren't even taught. Yeah, like we it's actually talk- an issue. Right. You know what I mean. So um, with that, with all that, with that being said, I would say like we have to really be um, thoughtful and mindful about like how we're parenting. You know what I mean? Right. Because we we're we're in a very vulnerable situation because we have so many different. I know we talk about risk factors a little bit later, but there's so many different risk factors in the black in the black family where we can't put ourselves in the position of. Empowerment if we don't deal with these risk factors As well too right.
2: and, and on top of that, I just want to say briefly um, Parents gotta understand that It's okay to not have all the answers Absolutely. Like it's okay to Reach out for other resources Even if that is therapy mm-hmm. And to also not put an embarrassing Cloud over therapy Because that's what happens. A lot of people are embarrassed to say that I'm even in therapy. Yeah. That I I need help that's outside of these people that I know is going to be biased. I need a neutral source to help me untangle these things that's going on inside of me.
0: Right. And I was in a meeting and I, I, I work with people of all different ages, right? So I see things a little bit differently than some of my coworkers. And I have a coworker who I love her, but she's. You know, she's a little bit older, and her thought process is a little bit, you know. So I was talking to her about a case or whatever and explaining, like, oh, I'm going to try to help the family, you know, be more receptive to these feelings. And she was like, no, you don't need to do that. They ain't going to change. You need to just tell that baby to cope with whatever's going on, blah, blah, blah. He's like, the world is tough, so we got to be tough on our kids, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why? What? Okay, so if, if the world is already tough enough for a black male— why do we need to be tough on him in the house too?
2: Mm.
0: Like if you're saying he can't get love anywhere outside of the house and he can't get love in the house either, like how does that make him a better man? That doesn't make any sense to me. At all. So, I mean, that way of thinking is just like, I could never really get behind. Like, I get the tradition. I get that, yes, it is hard out here, you know, for black men. But I would think that means let's love on them more while they're in the home mm-hmm. so that, you know, it's a balance. Because if I'm getting called nigga at school by the white boy and, you know, your lips is ashy or you're too dark or whatever, and then I get home and, and my mom's like, you ashy, you're not doing well in school, what's wrong with you, blah, blah, blah. That's like, That's like double... Like it's times two. So yeah. that's gonna be put a a black child in a position where like, you know, I don't like myself. I'm not good enough. And then that's how those suicidal ideations start to come about because it's like it's not oh one bad thing happens, then I wanna commit suicide. It's it's a it's uh what's it? Not like a avalanche, but like it kinda you know, I'm snowball. thinking like yeah, a snowball, snowball. effect. Yeah. Like a snowball effect of things that happen and then they get to the breaking point where they're just like, I don't wanna deal with this anymore. So, suicide is the answer, you know? So, what do you guys think about that? Do you do you feel like you guys experienced that, like that tough love type thing? Or did you have the opposite experience where, you know, my parents were more loving?
2: What I will say, I, I, what this is what I will say. I was blessed enough to have. Confidence ampl- amplified in me at a very young age To the point where mm-hmm. my my brain never even went there I was always taught that you're very special You got great things destined for you type of thing like that So I think everything I did was always a reflection of that Even in my lowest moments mm-hmm. Um I'll even take it a step further I had suicidal Thoughts, literally like passing thoughts once in my life. And I think that came from a crossroad of feeling like, am I even doing this thing called life right? Because I thought I was supposed to go this route. It doesn't seem like things are moving. No one really understands what I'm going on. So I think the thought literally passed my mind of what would life be like if I wasn't here type thing. Mm. Not necessarily taking action on what it, how I can do it, just more so my brain one time went to, I wonder what life would be like, would anybody be impacted by it? I think mm-hmm. it was like something like that, but during my youth, I was always just talking, you know, keep going, you know, things like that, will be, but I think it, people got to understand that adulthood is hard as hell, right. adulthood isn't, there's no pamphlet, people can write books about it, but there's no... There's no sure way If this is how you do it We're always responding To different things And based of our experience And the things that we learn We decide how we want to Respond to certain Different things like that But That's my experience With suicidal thoughts Slash The youthful aspect of it I'm, I'm super grateful For the people Who always told me Nah you're brilliant You're a genius You got a bright future Ahead of you Cause that Impacted how I feel There's a lot of people Who don't have that Who
1: didn't yeah, get that
0: That's true a lot of people don't have that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, I kind of had a fine balance. Um, I would say there was most definitely tough love. I most definitely most definitely got whoops. Pretty frequently. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> pretty frequently. But I feel like even, um, you know, going back to the, the point you were saying um, with, like, raising, like, even just black men, I think sometimes in a household and you're talking about, like, you know, being hard in a home – because life's going to be hard on you as well, too. And as you're saying, I was thinking, I was like, you know, we, we, um, we raise uh, our black men as, like, athletes. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is, like, you know, you have practice supposed to be harder than the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? So
1: you practice, you condition, you lift weights, you do all these different things to prepare yourself for the game. You know what I mean? So you can win in the game. But, you know, that's actually, when you're talking about raising a, a child, like, you can't do that. You know what I mean, you have to show grace, you have to show love, you have to show affection, you have to show that you want that person to be the best person they can without having them, you know, put them put themselves in the position of feeling exhausted after afterwards. You right. know what I mean? Um, but even um with my own thoughts about suicide, I remember like I think mean, the first time I ever thought about it was after a whooping. And it wasn't it wasn't like a, a joke where it's like, Oh man, I wish I was dead. It was like, bro, I'm about to give my dad's nine millimeter Ruger. I'm about to kill him, and I'm about to kill myself. You know what I mean? That was the first thought. Like, I was like, man, this is, like, this is just so stupid. Like, right. I remember just, like, just
0: too much. it was just yeah. way,
1: way too much. And, I, under, you know, I, I know some people, like, get whoopings, but we was getting beat. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, extreme. So it was to the point where, and it was luckily I could not. He had it, it, the gun is locked up and I could not find a key to open up the the, the case. Right. And that's the only reason why I'm here, or and he's here, to be honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be 100%. Um, but then, like, you know, as I got older, it wasn't always implied to me of, like, you know, I've had, like, different affirmations from, like, my mom and other people, but it wasn't always instilled in me. It was like, okay, you can be... You know, great, or you can be like this person. um, You can be anything you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just as I got older, and then just even navigating. I remember the the other time that was real prominent for me, like having suicidal thought, was to the point where I was just super overwhelmed. You know, I mean, it it wasn't really. um, And and when you have suicidal thoughts, I'll I'll say this much: like that's literally like you don't see any way out, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't see anything beyond the situation. Yeah. Right. You don't understand that what you're going through is a circumstance. You know what I mean? Uh, so those thoughts are there. Those thoughts are not are, are not there, are not present. So when you're having, you know, when I was having suicidal thoughts, it was literally like, I don't see how the hell I'm going to get out of this situation. Mm, I don't see yeah. how these things can actually get better. You know what I mean? So the only way I feel like so many different things are out of my control. The only thing I can control right now is taking my life. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, um, the second time, it was, you know, I I think I was about, like, 20, I think I was, like, 25, 26 or so. Um, But that was, like, a a really pivotal point in my life. I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do after college. I was working, like, two jobs. I was, like, not really doing too much, but nobody will ever know because I'm always out, I'm always doing things, I'm always at the parties, I'm always doing all these different things. But at that point I was like, Man, I don't really see like and I, I remember like there was a breakup around that time as well too. Uh, but like when you have so many different things but you lose all those things that like I that you identify with, mm-hmm. you know, it's very hard to uh see anything outside of that. Right. You know what I mean? So like um I would say anybody even just who's listening that, that's like thinking about you know suicide ideations one of the things you have to really firmly believe is that things will get better
2: right yeah i mean
1: because one thing um and i would say too like you know even growing up in my household and like you know um, you know, in the Christian household, I'm not sure any other households, but like, if you're Christian, the thought is like, kill yourself, you're going to hell, right? Like we were saying earlier. Yeah. So like that sometimes is protective. That was also a protective factor for me as well too. Is like, I don't want to go to hell. That was my thought. Um, but um, I also don't want to be here. Right. You know what I mean? So like, you know, if you have to really f- firmly believe that, you know, things are things can get better and understanding like things that may have identified you then as you may be lost as maybe triggering those suicide ideations. Like there's other, there's other things you can identify with. You know what right. I mean? There's other things you can get yourself involved in. There's other, um, you know, it's not just this one thing. You know what right. I mean? And I feel like, yeah. you know, we do, even just in general, we focus ourselves on on one specific thing and we don't realize like there's so many different things in this world that we may have not even tapped into but right. when we lose that one thing, especially I would say as men, like, you know, even our jobs and what we do, that's how we identify with what, who we are. When like we lose,
2: success or anything like right. that. exactly, yeah. Success,
1: money, when we lose those things, success, money, um, you know, your income, what you do for a living, your status, then you don't really, you know, typically men, we don't have anything else to identify with. That's not, That's the initial thought. But there's so many different things that we could tap into, like we could tap into our own self. You know what I mean? Like, right. we, things don't, you know, and if things shouldn't be so tangible to the point where, you know, this is one thing I had to learn was things shouldn't be so tangible to the point where, um, you know, if I lose it, then I'm
2: gonna lose myself. So, th- right. th- so, 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 think about that, like us, like our, our egos are attached to these tangible mm-hmm. things, but you know what I mean? We, we all figuring it out.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I wanted to. Um well, I wanted to shout out my dad because my dad did try to talk to me about emotion. He wasn't, like, super tough on me. I think once I got a little older and he saw how things were affecting me, he started being like, before he whooped me, we would have a conversation. You know, or after he whooped me, we would have a conversation. He'd be like, Neil, why did you do this? And what happened? Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling? So I'm going to give him a little hand clap for that, you know. <laughs> he he was trying. He was trying. which. He didn't, he didn't grow up like that, though. He didn't grow up like that. And um, his father had passed away, like, right when he went to college. So he didn't really know how to navigate fatherhood. He was just, like, going, you know, as, learning as he goes. Um, but I don't want to just focus on parenting because, it, like you said, it's not just the parents' fault that these kids are committed suicide. And I know that a lot of parents even deal with the guilt of that if they have a child that has committed suicide or attempted like they feel like oh it's my responsibility to save them and different things like that. So I wanted to ask like from a professional point of view and then and I want to ask you know somebody who's not professional as well like what are some other risk factors that you're seeing that can contribute to suicide with black males?
1: Um, risk factors can be like financial stuff. Um Basic needs, like if those things are taken away, um, racism, you know, uh, our social justice system can be a very, a big trigger to, um, to black men as well too, um, but it, it's all those all those things are you know these are things where we can't control a lot of times right. like these yeah. are when we talk about like you know systematic racism um, and how that impacts like you know where we live and you know how much money we make and you know where what we can do in our limits you know what I mean so when we talk about those different things then we don't have the access to other things like mental health and like we don't have the access to like or see the thought of, like, seeing a therapist because we're so caught up in the day-to-day and, like, in our survival mode, you know what I mean? So we don't have the opportunity to, like, actually, like, reset and be like, okay, I need to, like, focus on my mental health. Um, but the the risk factors, I would say those, and those are most definitely the risk factors that I'm just thinking about the, just um, from my own experience. Um, also, too, um, not to get back on just, like, the... The parenting part, but just, like, the support. You know what I mean? Like, not just, like, within... Lack of support, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you, if it's not getting at the home, then can you get it, like, can you confine it in a friend? You know what I mean? Like, the, the support part is really, really big, um, and I feel like we don't have enough spaces to even just express that we are feeling suicidal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's a lot of friends I've talked to that I didn't know, as they probably don't know that we were probably suicidal at the same time. You know what I mean? just didn't know it because... Of the you know, the dynamic of okay, we're not gonna talk about it. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's one thing I feel like just that support and having that having that comfortability to be with um to have somebody to talk to and be with somebody through those uh to work through those emotions
2: as well too. Yeah. And I was just gonna jump in, um I think you talked about it a little bit. I think a lot of it comes from feeling like lack of being in control. Mm-hmm. I can control if I'm here or not though. I control control my life. But I can't control how I feel based off of losing this job or that my ex broke up with me because this was the first time I ever felt fully vulnerable or different things. I is I think it's more about how people respond to situations when they feel as though they're not in control. So that I think that's the larger umbrella. I don't I can go on for days for specific specifics, but it seems like that's a commonality. Like I can't control Continuously being bullied and bully being bullied isn't the only reason why people do that. Which is that might be glimpse. Oh, they were bullied. This is the why yeah. right they did that. Or mm. they wasn't feeling support in this areas. But it's it's a large thing. Right. Maybe they felt as though they hit the ceiling on their success and there's no more nothing else to reach for. Yeah. Right. It's like what else, what else can I do in life? I'm I'm bored or I'm alone. I have all this success and no partner. What's what's the point yeah. of me even being on here? My right. kids don't talk to me because they're suicide on the other side of just not just the youthful aspect. Right. Adults who do it because they feel as though whatever, and if they're doing it at their own demise, attributing it whether it's medically pills. I'ma just keep taking pills, or I'm not noticing my intake. On the, it's so mm-hmm. many different things, but usually I feel as though it comes from a place of. Not feeling as though they're in control, so the thing that they do feel as though they can control is whether they're here or not, right, so let me lean into like that last scratch that I can get off,
0: yeah mm-hmm. and and I was thinking, um, I believe that in general, suicide rates are higher with males right than it is with females uh, uh, I, I'm not sure i mean i I'm pretty sure I saw that statistic somewhere,, okay. but when I think about that. And the stuff that men, you know, are taught. But then I think about a black man and the stuff that he's taught and that he has to go through on top of just being a man. And it's like, dang, that's a lot. Like, I can see how we would have a higher rate because, you know, we go through more stuff because of discrimination, because of racism, because of, you know, whatever it is. So it's just show some love to these black men, y'all. Like. That's why the the episode before I'm talking about. We gotta hold each other accountable. We gotta be unified because you, like you said, you never know what sends somebody over the edge. Right. Yeah. So you think you playing around, saying, "Oh, you you acting gay because you doing this," but that could send somebody over the edge. Like, come on, like you gotta be more mindful of why you're saying things and who you're saying them to. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. In closing, I wanted to ask, what are I don't know. It might be a two part question because I'm thinking, well, what are some things we could look for? Well, I won't say look for. What are warning signs, basically, that somebody might be feeling that way? Because, like you said, sometimes you don't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, what are some warning signs that maybe we may think it's like regular behavior, but might be, yeah.
1: yeah. I would say. A warning sign, and this is just in general, is if you notice a change in somebody that, you know, they're probably really happy and, like, they're no longer, like, feeling so enthused, you know what I mean? If you ask them to hang out, they don't want to hang out no more, you know what I mean? Uh, You're trying to talk to them, reach out to them, they're not reaching back out, you know what I mean? So those can be signs of, like, you know, because with suicide, suicide, mainly it's, like, depression, you know? So, like, symptoms of depression can be, like, You know, if you notice, like, a friend or somebody you know, isolating. Um, If you notice, like, you know, they're not as fluid as they used to be. They're sleeping in a lot. You know what I mean? They gained a lot of weight recently. You know, there's different things of uh, of those magnitudes that, you know, if you notice a change in somebody at that moment, Don't think, like, automatically they're suicidal, but check in with them.
0: Mm -hmm. You know
1: what I mean? But because, like, there's certain things that we can do subconsciously, like, when we're depressed that we may not notice ourselves. Especially if you're talking about, like, gaining weight, like, you know, over a certain time. Somebody else may notice that. And, you know, you want to be, you know, you don't want to be...
0: Mean about it. Yeah, exactly.
1: But, like, you want to check in. You want to check in with them. Like, hey, like, you know, is everything okay? What's going on? And, you know, and just talk to them from there because, you know, again... You know, there's a lot of people that do suffer in silence, you know, mm-hmm. and there's people you're like, man, I wonder what what was going on. They're famous or, you know, they had money they have these different things like um, Chef Beans was saying earlier. But, you know, there's something in their lives that they no longer feel the purpose of living anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And don't. And, uh, you know, there may be signs where people, those things may not occur. You know what I mean? You might just be like, well, what actually happened? Right. Um you know, somebody may commit suicide, everything was good. They may not have been depressed or, you know, or shown that they're Shown the signs, least, but right? yeah. But there's, you know, that, that's where we co- come to the conversation of, you know, you, you can't really save everybody with suicide. That's like the the other conversation that's kind of hard to say. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, every suicide attempt cannot be intervened. Right. right? You know what I mean? Um, it does happen. as part of our reality. Right. But there are measures you can take as somebody like that you know somebody or even just yourself you know i mean like talking to somebody about it like getting the help about it because many a times especially with mental health we are in our own perspective so many different times that we don't see any other uh, other perspective right so if we give ourselves the opportunity to have alternative perspective then we can have this opportunity to heal from these thoughts
2: Mm. And I, I just want to say um, Just briefly Bell Hooks has a book Called Rock My Soul and It talks about like Self esteem And how You know We were introduced To like mental health As a black Fan fem- Because it, it wasn't really Seen as like A priority at first Until Celebrities started doing it People with right. A lot of money And that's when They started taking it More serious But yeah Bell Hooks Rock My Soul Is a good job mm. I might have to
0: Check definitely that out check that Yeah that. definitely Gotta check that out But yeah i think the biggest thing like that terrence was saying is like talk to somebody Mm -hmm. if it's not your mama if it's not your cousin like a friend somebody talk to somebody and i know that you know everybody's feeling weird about going to therapy or not and having this stigma attached but it's just like just imagine like what would your life look like if you had this you know If you could manage your emotions better, what would your life look like if you put more time into taking care of yourself and, you know, paying attention to those negative thoughts and working on yourself? Like, what would your life look like? So it's not always a a shameful thing to get help because, like, think about who you're going to be on the other side of that. Right. And I just... You know, I say this all the time. I encourage people go to therapy, go to therapy, go to therapy. If you if you're not going to therapy, talk to somebody. Right. Well, because I mean, everything can everyone can't be saved, but we might save some people, you know, by telling them this information. Um, are you currently um taking clients right now or how, how do you like, cause I, cause, I know you see clients. Yeah. I'm like, I might want to shout you out. Like, if y'all looking for a therapist, Terrence yeah, here. Most, take, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
1: no, nah, I got a couple slots open.
0: Yeah Okay, yeah. Um, like, y'all need a black therapist? Sure. Here we go, right so, here. Uh, yeah, it's
1: um, Instagram, uh, Terrence the Therapist. Um,
0: yeah, we just about to say. get into that and close it. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, ahead. you can go ahead. You already started <laughs> yeah. saying yeah.
0: it, so yeah. Tell the people where yeah. they could find you most or definitely. if they
1: need your services. Yeah. So the best way is Instagram. I'm on TikTok too, um, Twitter. At Terrence the Therapist. Um, that's probably the best way. Shoot me a DM. Um, I usually, I, if you go through my feed, I do post like a, a lot of different resources on my story. and yes. on, my, on my reels and stuff like that. So you can, you know, always just follow it and check it out. Um, you know, some of the stuff may resonate with you as well too. For right. sure
0: yeah thank you for that and also I am gonna add in the description of this video and of the episode like different resources that people could go to if they are feeling suicidal because I know they have like the suicide hotline they have the teen line you know maybe some emergency numbers I could add in there but I want to put that information out there um just in case if you know somebody that needs it or if you ever need it like it's gonna be in the description of this video um I should probably say a, a disclaimer in the beginning, but I'll put it in the beginning that, you know, this is a sensitive subject. Not everybody is going to be able to stomach this episode. Not everybody's going to be able to watch this. It might be too close to home or it might be triggering. So, you know, watch it with at your own discretion. Um, but, we need to have these conversations Because it's happening Right Like it's happening Whether we want it to or not It's still happening So we need to have these conversations And maybe you know We could help somebody Or help somebody feel seen Right Um. But in closing um, Beans do you have anything going on Or anything that you want to
2: I just want to tell people uh, Like we were saying earlier Try to um, re- Resources are out there Like Neil was saying So finding ways to Mitigate those those feelings that you may be feeling internally. You're not alone. Um, I know it may be challenging when you feel as though you're not in control of certain situations, but tap into those resources, because if not your life, it can definitely save someone else's life and to listen, listen to your body. Being mm. being being vulnerable doesn't make you weak. Therapy isn't a soft thing it's nothing to be embarrassed about, regardless to whatever household that you came in and be bold about it. I know sometimes people say, well, you got friends and family, but there's something special that happens when you're unloading to a neutral source who's able to use information and studies and things like that to try to help you mitigate what you may be going on. So there's power in that there, there's power in healing and there's power in addressing the weight that you feel on your shoulders. So with all that being said, just know you're not alone and you're loved.
0: And that's all she wrote. There's nothing else to say after that. That was so perfectly put. Um, But thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Follow us on Instagram, double underscore what's good with you. Um, Subscribe to our YouTube page. And also we are on TikTok. So follow us on TikTok. And this has been another episode of what's good with you. Thank you.